0: I said, are you ready?
1: What? The Horror Bros.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Horror Bros. I'm your host, Jason Johnson, and uh, sitting... All the way over in Shreveport, Louisiana. My brother. Go ahead, introduce yourself.
1: Don't tell the killer where I am. Yeah. <laughs> tell me <laughs> about it. Uh, yes, hello everybody. I'm JT Johnson, and of course this is Horror Bros. Uh, first thing I do want to note is I hope that unlike the last episode, the, the sound is better uh, yeah. this time out. <laughs> uh, it should
0: be much better this time. You're coming through pretty clear. so.
1: But, uh we're, we're working on that. You got to understand we're away from each other and he has all the equipment and I've got a blue yeah. mic. So, yeah, uh, any tech heads out there, if you have any suggestions, please let us know. Yes. Uh, but anyway, today's show, we're going back to the realm of the supernatural to look at a film that is not only a classic of the genre, but it is also the first official adaptation of a novel written by legendary author author. Stephen King. And that Mm -hmm. means, of course, I'm talking about Carrie, a movie about a shy 16-year-old girl that also happens to have potentially dangerous telekinetic abilities. The question now is not if her psychotic mother and fellow classmates will drive her over the edge, but when. Perhaps maybe the prom? Mm -hmm. Notable members of the cast include Piper Laurie as Margaret Wright, uh, white uh the religiously fanatic mother and true monster amy irving as sue snell the only good kid in town apparently william Cat as tommy ross the only other somewhat redeemable character betty buckley as miss collins the well-meaning gym teacher <clears throat> excuse me john travolta as billy nolan a truly despicable yet unintentionally funny bully uh, Nancy Allen as Chris Hargenson, Billy's dreadful other half. And then of course, Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, a telekinetic girl that will have a hell of a prom. Jason, what's up with Carrie?
0: Uh, dude, uh, you know what they say? They'd be crazy, right? You know, and, uh, <laughs> her mom definitely was. And unfortunately her mother didn't realize what she had on her hands with this young lady. <laughs> Um, yeah, I want to start this off by saying first off that I've I've oh al- I've seen Carrie many times. You know it'll it'll be playing on TV or whatever. I'll stop watching. I had never paid attention to background information and all that jazz. I had no idea that this was a De Palma film. I always knew, really. Yeah, I had no idea. I had never looked all that up. I didn't know much about this movie. Um, and then um, I knew it was really well made. Um, for being a '70s horror film, um, I knew I really liked it, and 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 all. And of course, it's acted well. I mean, hell, it has a plethora of great actors in it. But I I did not know that it was De Palma, and that's and that explains a lot as to why I do like the 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 film.
1: You know, I'll say this. I yeah, I like the film. It's a bona fide mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. However. I'll put it this way. I'll start by saying there's one thing that people always want to know when it comes to a Stephen King adaptation, unlike other adaptations. And that is, what does the man himself think of the adaptation? Right. He doesn't talk about this one very much. No. Uh, I I don't think it's brought up to him very much. But 10 years ago in an interview, he did mention that he does like it. Yeah. He does think De Palma did a good job. He likes the ending better than the book. Yeah. Uh but he he says that the movie is dated. Yeah. And I am going to totally agree with that. Of course. That's kind of my biggest problem. Now, I want to explain when I say a film is dated cuz obviously every film we're watching in this season right. from the 70s dated. we can tell it Yeah, we can tell it's from the 70s. Uh that's not what dated actually means because right. what I what it means is I can watch The Exorcist, right. and I can fall into The Exorcist, and I'm not thinking about the time it set in, right, or how it looks, or any of that nature. I'm loving the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie, I'm like, damn, I'm in the '70s. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and, think... and uh... oh, go ahead. Well, I'm, I was just gonna say, I think a big part of that is the musical score. Yeah. In this movie, because when now when it's Carrie White and she's doing telekinetic stuff and she's trying right. to figure out her stuff in the prom scene. That's horror theme music. When they're preparing for the prom, mm-hmm. it's pornography music. That,
0: yeah. You know?
1: oh yeah, <laughs> almost, almost seventy sitcomish type music yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, the score so. in uh, well, I think
0: also anytime you have a movie that is set in um, high school. You that film is always going to be dated unless you're yeah. openly making a movie about a specific era of time, you know, like, like, for instance, Dazed and Confused. We know that's about 70s, you know, that's a look back at the 70s, so yeah, that's that's supposed to be there. Whereas, it, you know, if you're filming a, a modern movie that is set in 2020, you know, high school right now. Well, of course, 20, 30 years down the road, we're going to look back at that and go, oh, Jesus, that was definitely 2020. Because there's going to be trends amongst teenagers and kids and stuff that are going to, you know, you're just going to capture that time. But the score, yeah. yes, you are 100% right, right on. That's another thing that, But know. again,
1: But th- again, I think it's still something else, too, because if you look at a John Hughes film, yeah, yeah, you know you're in the 80s. You you know you're for sure very much in the 80s. Yeah. But yet you can still fall into those movies like right. even to this day. Like there's people that weren't even alive when Breakfast Club came out and yet it's one of their favorite films. Yeah. There's a certain relatability and I think I think the problem with this movie is and we've talked about this a lot with other films it's a slow burn and but yeah. I'm repeating myself on that. That's kind of a broken record of 70s horror. Yeah. But it's a slow burn because your big set piece, your big horrific moment, like in the book, is the prom. Right. That's where everything is going to go to shit. Now, I will say De Palma does a fantastic job of setting up, like, oh, she might actually get her dreams. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, my yeah. Dad, so much so that I'm watching it last night, probably for the hundredth time. And I'm like, oh, she's the queen. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. and then the blood happens. And I'm like, God damn it. Um, Which
0: here's another here is one of the things that does take me out of this. But they had to do this, mind you. And I'll go into that after I explain. These have to be the worst children on the fucking planet planet i have never i mean i've seen people get picked on i mean i you know we've all seen that i yeah. mean that happens that's how, but to we the, were
1: picked on yeah
0: to the <laughs> depths and the levels that these kids go to it, it is just fucking ridiculous now on the flip side of that when you have an what is basically an antihero, you know? Where she's gonna, she's gonna, and of course, spoiler alert, everybody, she's gonna kill every fucking body. You have to make those people so despicable that you're like, well, I don't like she killed everybody, but hey, I understand why. You know, I mean, these kids deserve to fucking die. They're basically all future Hitlers. You know,
1: well, I I think honestly, you could make. It could have made more than two people good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Could have and, at and least had a people... teacher
0: in there that was, yeah. you know, something. And the, two you know?
1: People, and the two people that happen to be good are the two yeah. people that happen to be dating each other. Right. Uh, and, of course, that's William Cat as, as Tommy and Amy Irving as, as Sue. Right. Amy Irving does a fantastic job oh, God, in this yes. movie as, as Sue uh, as that girl who was in on the joke at first right uh but regretted it tried to make up for it and and all that on the flip side of that you have the fundamentalist mother mm-hmm. played by piper Laurie, who good night is she fucking insane
0: insane and, and piper Laurie, i have got to give it up to her amazing performance oh my god it was so good
1: yeah it, <laughs> Uh, what, what was it she was saying, like, uh, intercourse with the first sin, intercourse with the first sin, like repeating yeah. it over and over and over yep. again. And, and, and Sissy's basic. My mm-hmm. God. To her credit. I mean, uh, she does a fantastic job as Carrie. Yeah. And Not originally chosen
0: for this, by the way.
1: No, not uh, originally chosen. Yeah. Uh, well. And then she they was- saw her and it was like. Perfect. She was the right. one chosen, but she wasn't the one first sought out. Right, um, right, Many, many actresses sought out the role. The biggest contender for the role, which I'm curious how this would have turned out, was uh, Melanie Griffith. Yeah. She was the woman that they really uh, wanted for it. And I'm sorry, uh, Bo, but but
0: too pretty. Too, too yeah, perfectly pretty. You, you can't... Carrie has to be that homely girl that... Yeah. You know, she's really pretty, but she... There's just something plain about her. Plain Jane. She's plain. Yeah. Plain, and it's, yeah. And, and C.C. Spacey was perfect for that. Um, I will say that is one of the things that when I'm watching this movie, like, you know, you're talking about with it being dated and all, one of the reasons why I still it still holds up as a great movie for me is simply because of the actors they had in it that just did an incredible job.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Know? Now, let me... Let me clarify. The movie still works like gangbusters right. for me. It being dated is probably just my biggest criticism. Right. If I have a criticism of the movie. Right. Um, and again, that's mostly to make a note about the music, which mm-hmm. is just fucking weird. Like, yeah. it's just that standard. Uh, it, it, it just didn't work. But uh, yeah, Space came in. Uh, she wanted the role so badly, she backed out of a commercial in yep. order to do it. But when she went... She actually put on a an old sailor dress. Yeah. Um, and she slicked her hair back with Vaseline. Mm-hmm. And De Palma still wasn't sure. So what De Palma did with her was he had her read for every single part. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, he was like, oh, yeah, you're, you're Carrie. And mm-hmm. that's how she ended up getting it. Um, the, the pig's blood. I'll go yeah. ahead and get this out of the way. If you've watched Scream... You know what the pig's blood was made out of. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, caro or caro. I can't Cairo. pronounce it. Caro. Caro corn syrup was mm-hmm. used. And the reason I bring up scream, a film we will get to eventually is at, at the end, one of the killers fakes his death. And then when he reveals yeah. himself, he licks his finger and goes, corn syrup, same thing. They use as pig's blood and carry. That's yeah. where I learned that film fact. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that well and that in it you know and and that's what they used for years for fake blood they used Karo syrup with red and brown uh coloring in it uh yeah all you people all you future film people out there if you if you're young and you don't know this already can't just make it red for blood you got to put a little brown in it you got to make it make mm. it just that right color
1: and and there are moments in this movie where it gets too red like yeah. that, where it's oh, yeah. like it's it's yeah. It looks like she's got pain on her Oh, basically. like when, when she's and standing
0: it, there with the pig blood all over, and it looks like she's a caramel
1: apple. Good yeah. God Almighty.
0: Jesus. Well,
1: here's the thing here's the thing about it the, the pig's blood hits her. Yes. It doesn't look like it covers her too badly right but as that scene plays out more and more blood right appears Just all everywhere. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. not how this works i mean unless well see that's what I, what i'm wondering is, is coming out of her
0: well that or what i'm wondering is is de palma did he do that like he couldn't show her killing absolutely everyone so it just showed her getting bloodier and bloodier the more people died and that way you know it kind of like oh there was blood flying everywhere in the room you know because i mean if they showed that scene for what it really was like it was in the book it, they would have had an x rating there's no way right you
1: know i mean had shown a lot of things yeah. they had in the book yeah, yeah it, it would have just not worked um Uh, Real quick, I did want to mention, we mentioned Piper Laurie. There's actually two villains in this film. Yeah. Uh, The mother, and then Nancy Allen, who, if anybody's wondering, Nancy Allen, if you've seen RoboCop, you've seen Nancy Allen. That's probably her other claim to fame. But she plays Chris Hargensen, and fuck me, is she evil. Yeah. Like, holy Christ. Like. Yeah. It is insane. How uh evil she is, but she makes it work. Like, I believe sure. how evil she is. I'm like, god damn, you are a bitch. Mm-hmm. I hate you so much. The person who doesn't work as much because we know who he will become, right? And and we know who he is, is John Travolta as Billy. Yeah. Um he, there are moments where he's like he's fairly sinister. But I'm laughing my ass off when he's killing the pigs and that music plays in. He's like, yeah, I'm killing you. I'm killing you. Like, it's like, yeah. all right, man. Or It's like, and every time he looks over, it's like, I told you not to talk to me like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well and and, you know that's an odd one to me. Okay, because okay, I know that at the time, yes, William Cat was supposed to be the next it and shit. That didn't end up happening for him. He did end up going on to Greatest American Hero, which is a classic (laughs) television show from the eighties. If you want to see some real 80s schlock, you go watch Greatest (laughs) American Hero. That's some great stuff. But, um, so I understand why he kind of got the lead of the semi-good guy. But by this time, John Travolta had had Welcome Back Cotter. um, uh, That had started, and he had already become a heartthrob. And I'm really surprised that they cast him in an evil role at this point in his career.
1: I think the problem there... I have a couple of theories. Yeah. One is, at this point in time, it's very hard to go from hit TV show to leading man. Right. It's very hard to make that transaction. So he may have had to have accepted a, quote-unquote, lesser role Yeah, in order to just get into the movie.
0: Right. Because um, Grease it well, for another couple of years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah. This is yeah, like he's right not Grease he Travolta yet. He's he's not Grease Travolta. Yeah. He's not Saturday Night Definitely Bieber, not Travolta, Saturday definitely Night. Not that's much later. Um, the second theory, though, as to why he might have actually wanted to play Billy, was maybe to play against the role that against he was playing side. on Cotter. Yeah. and and show people like, look, I'm not just hey, everybody. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's another thing I will say though. Up your with a rubber
0: hose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, though, got to give it to the 70s for making us feel like these people are teenagers. Because there ain't a damn one of them that looks like they should be in high school.
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: This is... I should uh, be in
0: high school before these kids were in high <laughs> school. Okay? That's...
1: Uh. I, I, I'm balding right now or pretty much bald. Yeah. And... And I should be in high school before these guys. But so, yeah, they definitely don't look like it. The only other note I had about the movie itself before we get more into more behind the scenes is there is a shot where Carrie and Tommy are dancing. Yeah. And the camera is going around them and 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 around them around them. I don't know what De Palma was thinking with that shot, yeah. but that very quiet scene is just destroyed by just me just almost falling out of my chair because I'm like, okay, yeah. this is going on for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, well, it should have been—it uh, should have been, been a, a a nice calming scene. Uh, yeah. where she's finally getting you know something nice happening to her she never has before as every kid in the <laughs> world picks on her and her mother is after after constantly locking her in the closet and all that jazz and then it, this should have been a very calm scene and I yeah. think
1: you I think you hit it it feels kind of out of place yeah what they're doing with the camera at that moment yeah. um, the now the prom scene all, once that stuff happens, it's pretty nuts and pretty Mm -hmm. interesting what they did at at the time. Like I will say this, when I first watched that, this is a movie I first watched with dad. Uh, It came on monster vision with Joe Bob Briggs one day. And so I watched it there and I remember feeling like the prom scene lasted forever. And even in my first few viewings, like after I'd rent it, I felt like it would take forever. It's actually a fairly quick scene and yet it's the most, it's the biggest scene, obviously. Right. And then she goes home, washes the blood, tries to make up with her mother because she's like, you were right, mommy. They all laughed at me. Yeah. Uh, Which that's now a famous thing. Whenever the pig's blood first hits, they're laughing at you. They're all going to laugh at you.
0: Right. (laughs) Which Adam Sandler used to great effect on his, what, first album, the comedy album. (laughs) They're all going to laugh at you.
1: But, uh, uh, so the prom scene happens. She goes home, and tries to make up with the mother. And then she has her mm-hmm. final confrontation with her mother, where we learn about her father and where yeah. she, our, our, how she should have killed her then and all that. And uh, now one thing uh, I was, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. Uh, you'll have to cut this part.
0: <laughs> nah, we'll leave it in through it. This should happen. But,
1: uh, uh, she basically though she crucifies her yeah and and then the house uh collapses in
0: right uh,
1: uh, killing Carrie who's already been mortally wounded by her mother at that point anyway right. this is the ending that King says he likes better now for comparison I believe in the novel she kills her mother but then she goes to the bar where a lot yes. of the kids frequent yes. and she's thats it's like a
0: pool cheap, hall or something yeah.
1: And she forces Chris and Billy's car, which she does force to roll over and blow up in the movie, but she forces it into that bar and it blows up and Mm -hmm. and sets the bar ablaze. And then she dies for in Sue's arms. Sue finds her and dies in her arms and she forgives her because she knows Sue didn't have it. She could read that Sue didn't have anything to do with it. So, um, And it's a tragic ending because it could have all been avoided because it's basically a huge anti-bullying
0: story. Yeah, it is. It's you know, Um, don't bully people because the girl you bully might have amazing telekinetic
1: powers. (laughs) Um, And King likes this. I do like that it ends at her house as well with her mother. I think that's a much more appropriate ending. Uh, What's funny about the ending shot, though, is there's a dream that Sue has. She goes to the rubble. And there, and then it says there, and there's the sign and it says, Carrie burns in hell with an arrow pointing down. Yeah. And as she goes to put the flowers down and a hand pops yep. up, Carrie's hand pops jump up, scare. grabs her <laughs> jump scare. End of movie. Yeah. Uh, that film, that was filmed in reverse to give yeah. that dreamlike quality.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but also that is Sissy Spacek's hand. She yeah. insisted on doing that shot. However, De Palma didn't want her to do it. He was nervous about her burying herself, right? And he said, "I, I, I, I can't do it. Uh, get your husband to bury you." Yeah. And so, and so, Sissy's husband got to do what every husband has ever wanted to do to their wives at least once.
0: Yep, and bury. And them. he got to
1: bury his wife. Yep. <laughs> but that—that um, that was what she wanted. She wanted the hand popping up, right? Um, and the end the the movie was actually written a lot closer to the book, but the budget and time constraints are what caused them to make the changes that they did make. Yeah. And I think that's why King accepts it is because he knows they tried to keep the spirit of the book in the movie. And, and so that's why he enjoys it. This does lead me to one thing though I wanted to do with this episode in particular. We don't like horror remakes, uh and in fact this film has gotten two remakes. There was a Made for yes. TV movie in two thousand two. I never saw that but heard it was horrible. Yeah. And then I did watch the twenty thirteen remake with Chloe Moretz and Julianne Moore I as Carrie and the mother. Yeah. Not a big fan of it. Like it, it's just right. it's unnecessary. It's it's one of those right. remakes that feels unnecessary. But I wanna play a game. What if we remade the movie today? Yeah. Or not a game, but just pose a question. Really, yeah. um, because I have an answer for this. the it, The movie, the book is written with police reports, magazine articles, uh, and and news yeah. clips and whatever. It, it's told through the the story is told through magazines and newspapers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I say you combine a traditional film with a with something I actually don't like, but I think it could be used well here with found footage. Yeah. uh, Deal. And what you do is you get a reporter that's trying to figure out Citizen Kane style, trying to figure out what happened at that infamous prom on that infamous night. And so he goes out, he does the interviews, they give their different perspectives of what happened and you see the footage security camera footage and other kind of footage of the prom. Uh, so kind of Clover filled
0: it. Basically,
1: you kind of Clover filled it a little bit and that's your remake of Carrie. Mm -hmm. It it makes it original. makes it set out, uh, be outside of this film adaptation because your problem is that everyone still knows this adaptation. This adaptation didn't go away.
0: Yeah. You can't remake this because it's still around. I mean, people still watch this to this day.
1: You know, the the 1990 version of it is fantastic, right. but it's a huge made for TV movie cut into a movie. Right. It's understandable that there would be a modern update of that. Right. Uh, this, you don't really necessarily need it if you're just going to do what the Palma did. Right. Uh, which was my problem with uh, the, the 13 remake, because the 13 remake just tries to do to palma it doesn't try to do stephen king's book right it, it and and so i'm you know you're just left disappointed so that's what i would do if i remade it is there anything you would do if you remade it
0: i can't really think anything i mean i you know it, it's it's one of those things where it's just to me it's good it's so good leave it alone it, it's gonna i'll tell you the one that i think they could remake today if you were to adapt a stephen king film uh and uh that's also about telekinesis let's redo Star- Firestarter. because he got really that one yeah he got really that, into telekinesis there for a while and he's good at writing it but yeah that one i think could use a good update
1: that one could do a good update because the movie uh yeah. I, I love Firestarter. i am yeah it, but I love. Oh yeah,
0: great film, and little Drew Barrymore so damn cute in it.
1: Yeah, uh, and George C. Scott is fucking phenomenal. Insane as usual. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get her to trust me. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And then he's like this <laughs> kindly janitor, but yet it's still George C. Scott, so you're still scared shitless of him. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it, with the effects and a little bit too much of the melodrama. In yeah. that one that they, they could do a modern update of that one. Right. I would be real curious what that film would have looked like if John Carpenter had gotten to direct it. Because he was the original uh person up to direct Firestarter. He okay. lost it. He lost it because the thing was a box office failure and mm. Universal bought him out of his multi-film contract. Mm. Uh and and so he lost out on directing Firestarter. One but that, anyway.
0: And I'll tell you. They they lost out their chance with me to remake it, to remake Firestarter, a few years ago uh, when uh, Chloe Grace Moretz uh, aged out of it. She would have been yeah. perfect for that role and all. But and we're not oh, yeah. here to talk about Firestarter. We're here to talk about oh, Carrie. No. But no, I've it's got... just a Stephen King thing, though, where he, you know, I mean, he just deals with telekinesis and all. For
1: You've only got a year or two left. I'm going to go ahead and give you your option today. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. She yeah. she would be the fire starter today. She practically yeah. is in Stranger Things, the show that rips off everything Stephen King. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, real quick, I mentioned the two remakes. Believe it or not, there was a sequel to yes. Carrie. And this was this was part of the Joe Bob Briggs episode that I watched, because what he was doing mm-hmm. is he was interviewing cast members from this new movie at the time. Mm-hmm. The movie came out in 1999 it was called the rage carry two and it followed a uh, it followed a young a young woman a a high school kid who had the same father because apparently the father is that that's one thing they took out of the book that they put into the rage which is that it comes from the father's side the telekinetic abilities so he apparently went off had an with another woman. And that's the woman he had this kid with who's somehow 30 years younger than Sissy Spacek, but yet (laughs) can be her sister. But anyway, uh, that's not the big problem with that movie. It was banging
0: into his old age. He was getting that, (laughs) getting
1: that stuff. Uh, but the problem with the movie though, is it's goddamn terrible. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's, it's bad. I've seen it. And, yeah, it's not
1: good. Well, I watched it because Dad wanted to watch it. Because Dad was apparently a huge Carrie fan. Yeah. Like, he was the reason. He's like, oh, let's watch Carrie. It's coming on uh, Monster Vision. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it's instantly fucking forgettable. Like, yeah. no one thinks about that movie today because it was just that bad. Um, But the movie itself, going back to Carrie... It was nominated for two major Academy Awards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Excuse me. Spacek was nominated for Carrie. Right. And Piper Laurie was nominated for uh, the Mother Margaret. I think they both deserved their awards. They didn't win. I, I don't know who they lost to, but uh, they did. They were just nominated but this puts this film in that class with The Exorcist, where it right. got major awards recognition. Uh, and critically speaking, surprisingly, critics loved the movie. I think that has more to do with De Palma, who yes. is, let's face facts, he's a critic-proof director. He, yeah. It's hard for critics to hate him uh, because even Roger Ebert. Now, I want to go ahead and set this up now because we're about, especially since we're going to get into the '80s soon. You're gonna hear Roger Ebert become the nemesis of horror films, along with Gene Siskel. Yeah, uh, into the '80s, they hate horror movies. Right. Um, they they like the rare one, uh, and I'll definitely mention that. And this is one of them. Uh, Roger Ebert said it was a spellbinding horror film and gave it 3.5 out of four stars. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, just a couple of years prior, saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like, eh, it's art for its directions, okay, but it's a slasher. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. And I love here's the problem. I'm, as a fellow critic, I love Roger E. Yeah. Oh,
0: well, he's a great, I'm, you know, he's, I, he's the legend, but still, you know, it's I hate him
1: when it comes to horror. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But Siskel's even worse. And we'll get into crap that he pulled, especially on Friday the 13th. That I I don't agree with Journalistically Yeah But Anyway um, So it was Surprisingly uh, Loved uh, By the critics Uh, My notes are Oddly split up here That's why I'm kind of Jumping around here Uh, I had this all organized But it didn't say For some reason But anyway um, I think that's actually All my behind the scenes notes Uh, I was trying to think Like
0: I will give you something. Yeah, that go ahead. Because I don't kinda... know about. I bet there was actually at one point going to be a Carrie TV show where Carrie was going to roam the land like uh, uh, Carradine did in uh, in Kung Fu. And she was going to for, go from town to town. And when she found someone that had powers like her, she was going to help them learn how to harness them and keep them under control. You know, much like she did when she killed everybody at her fucking prom. <laughs> um, and when, there's when actually, this, this was like in the 80s, I believe. However, recently there has been talk that they may, that, that they are batting this idea around again now. Uh, okay. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was actually something that was out there, which, you know, I think would be kind of cool. I sometimes wonder, though, um, if, if, as a writer, okay, I was inspired by Carrie to write this because Carrie's about telekinesis. Let's not make it about Carrie though, because Carrie, you know, in the end did kill everyone in her class in high school and all. If we want to make a good hero telekinesis show, then let's make it, you know, a whole new character that does telekinesis,
1: you know, and let's make it a show Okay. Let me think here just for a second. Let's make it a show where Carrie happened. Carrie and it became a national news right. thing because that is what happens. And let's say that there is another character, yes, that has telekinetic abilities. Mm-hmm. And due to this carry thing, there are people looking for people with telekinetic right. abilities. Yeah. And she's got to go on the run.
0: Yeah.
1: And find. And therefore, yes, she has to find other people, not just to yeah. teach them how to use their powers or harness them, should- but to protect them
0: you could call it like legacy of Carrie because something of what, ha- like yeah. What carries legacy. What, because yeah. of what she did, they want to prevent that from happening in the future. So they yeah. have a group of people that goes and finds these kids and helps them. Yeah. You know, something like yeah. anything where, yeah, it's just not, you know, and, I don't and, think you can have Carrie being, you know, you know, who rightfully should have been Bruce Lee in, uh, in Kung Fu, then, you know, it's,
1: and, and then you, Yeah. Oh man, I don't want to, here's the only thing though, I don't want to make it the government that's coming after it. No, 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 it
0: should be some independent people.
1: That's overdone, so I would say, yeah, it's a private organization, right? uh, possibly working for some other bigger place or whatever. Right. Yeah, there's something, I mean, there's something there.
0: And let's make our enemy the true government. Which is corporations that are Good hunting up. them down so they can use them for nefarious means in their corporate dealings. Ooh. They, yeah.
1: Ooh. But no, 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 no. because now you're getting into fire starter territory.
0: Yeah. Because that yeah. was
1: although that was government as well. But right. they wanted uh, a weapon. But it was a private it was kind of like this private part of yeah. the government that even the government didn't quite know about. It. But anyway. Right. It was MK Ultra oh, basically. But, but here's what yeah. Here's what you could do. Yeah. She doesn't just find telekinetics. She finds fire starters, motherfucker. She finds
0: Yeah, finds them all, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of
1: She finds other king esque uh,
0: powerful uh, people. What's the the guy in the dead zone who could touch yeah, you and a tell Yeah, who can yeah. It oh, I think we
1: make the uh, we make the fucking Stephen King Avengers yep. World. Yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes. Carry JT, in game. JT, you know, and this is why we do horror bros, people. This is why <laughs> because this is the type of quality entertainment you get. Not only are we going to tell you about this great film, but now we have we have created the Stephen King Avengers universe. And uh, we we really think this is going to be something special. Uh, if you want to help us write it, please do. The, if you're working in Hollywood, hey, how about giving us a shot here?
1: <laughs> the, the dark tower verse, man.
0: Yeah. I, yeah hey, you ain't shitting, man, because that could be like. <laughs> like they find somebody that can open up that portal, that's and that's the, how they travel between realms. Oh my God, JT, we are amazing. We have made the Thanos.
1: The Pennywise is the goddamn Thanos of this motherfucker. Yes, Pennywise. <laughs> no, or no, no, no. no, no. My kid, Randall, Randall Flag is, is, is yeah, it's, is it's Thanos. Gotta
0: be yeah, the devil Which himself.
1: I'm curious how that new uh, stand show is going to pop up on uh, CBS All Access. Yeah, that,
0: I'll have to say this much, you know, since we are talking about Stephen King here. While we're while we're going on, and which, by the way, folks, we're going to talk about Stephen King much more in the future. He's had so many adaptations of his books, and most of which you can't he hated. Avoid the fucker, <laughs> yeah, most of which he hated. Uh, but but you know, some would you like? Um, but yes, yeah, Stephen King has actually made me bat me into a corner now, where I have to buy. Yet another streaming service just to get the stand because it's only on CBS all access. So I'm going (laughs) to have to get that now. We got it for free. Yeah, I (laughs) I know. Uh, but yeah, no, um, why not? I mean, it's the stand who, who's going to miss that, especially a modern day retelling where they're actually going to have the special effects to do it. Right. And, and, and I mean, my God, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. What better story than the goddamn stand? You know,
1: I, I I would say though,
0: um, scare the the shit out of everybody. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The only problem with trying to do a, a Carrie esque show, the yeah. way we're explaining to do it is we're also getting very close to castle rock territory.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but I think you, you, in castle rock, they, they tell these individual stories, um, with these characters. But I think in, in, in where we're with on this though, um, we're making, uh, we're following the superhero model. Basically. Overall story. Yeah, and it's yeah. an overall story. arc, Right. Uh, I
1: yeah. will say real quick, speaking of castle rock, uh, Sissy Spacek, Best part of season amazing one, amazing in that. Castle Rock. Yes, and uh, and on
0: se- in season two, shout out Tim Robbins. My God, man, oh, that yeah. dude. Oh yeah, um, but S- yeah, but him, Sissy SpaceX just. To I see love him her. Walk
1: back in, to see yeah. him walk back into Shawshank. Uh, Shawshank, yeah, was, prison, yeah, was pretty dope. Yeah, uh, but going back to Sissy SpaceX, yeah, her episode's the best, and a season that was very hit or miss for me, right. Uh, season two is where shit got real right. with Castle Rock, and I can't wait for season three. But, um, but yeah, I, I bring up that because obviously, what's the legacy of Sissy Spacek? Well, of course, she went on to Coal Miner's Daughter, a billion other films. Yeah, uh, never became career. quite
0: the star that I thought she would be, though. I mean, she 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 was a star. She has no. worked steadily throughout her whole career throughout all these long years, but. But still, um, I think probably, I'll be honest with you, it pisses me off to an extent that she never was more than what she was. Because I'll, the only reason I can think of is that stupid-ass Hollywood, she doesn't have the right look. She was never going to, she's plain, so she's never going to be the fucking ingenue that we wanted. And
1: and, that, and I think, and that, that, yeah. And that, Bitch, Meryl Streep, yeah, getting all yeah. the plain Jane which kills, roles.
0: Well, which kills me because <laughs> Meryl Streep is one of the most beautiful women on the fucking planet. But if you, but but she can plane herself up and get those roles, you know, and and also she she
1: can go from naughty to haughty. That's her. You damn. Her, that's her trick. No. <laughs> uh, 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 now, I I actually want to see though if that was the case because SpaceX seemed to be on high for. Yeah. a hot minute i think another problem though and, and streep is really the exception here yeah women have a lot harder staying power
0: oh of course and that's than, what i'm saying you know do. yeah and she was uh, and sissy spacek was already kind of fighting shitting against the tide so to speak because she's true. because she wasn't you know a classic beauty you know, and so well, yeah, that she that had- hurt her even more. And then she, like, you say she has a very limited amount of time. And then, luckily, that's starting to change um, in yeah. in Hollywood. You're, we're starting to see a lot of a lot of actresses that are, you know, middle age, but fam- you know, in all oh, in older getting roles. But famously, there is that uh, uh, that uh, Amy Schumer skit with uh, with Julia Louis Dreyfus, where they were celebrating uh not being fuckable anymore i'm not fuckable anymore <laughs> which sorry julia you will always be my dear i love you so much if you're <laughs> listening to this i can get a kitchen pass for you uh, anyway
1: <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you who's helped bring older women back as yeah. true badasses yeah. We'll get to her soon in her own movie with yes. Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Absolute fucking damn Yeah, not
1: only does she do Halloween, she turns right around and does a role in Knives Out. Yeah, which uh, have you seen that yet? I have
0: not seen that yet. I'm I, in fact, that's God on my it. list, uh, my short list of movies to sit down and watch. Which I'm each weekend, I'm getting one or two of them out of the way. So
1: get that one out soon yeah. and call me. We need I to talk will. about that.
0: I will. Uh, <laughs> But, but you yeah, know uh, we have uh, we have gone on a great tangent here, uh, <laughs> and we're uh, Which, we're you're winding down here, so we need to wheel her back around here.
1: Well, by the way, and, I, yeah. as full disclaimer here uh, for future episodes, we right. might have to do that sometimes. Because yeah, sometimes, sometimes the movie we're going to talk about won't lend itself to just being about that movie right yeah so we're gonna have to kind of say like, well, what, what will we do with it today what right will we do with or what can be done to bring this make this relevant right. again something like that that's kind of why i wanted to do the remake question earlier right kind of like kind of open it up just a little bit more uh but yeah i mean carrie uh I don't really think there's much else to say. Yeah, um, uh, except to give our final summary. Yeah,
0: final final verdict there, JT. What do you say?
1: I uh, I'm gonna give it an A because it it, it is a classic of the genre. It, it does hold yeah. up. It is still good. If I'm being totally objective and I'm taking its status as a classic away, I would probably say it's more of a B movie. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna give it an A. I'm going to give it a solid A. If anything, Sissy Spacek and and uh, Lori Piper definitely, Piper Lori uh, definitely yeah. earned, earned that A. So, yeah.
0: yeah, uh, It's an A for me too. Uh, really enjoyed the film. I've always enjoyed this film. Uh, of course, I enjoyed the book. I think it's, uh, other than that change in the ending we talked about, it's a pretty damn close adaptation of a King book. Um, and uh, yeah, just, it, it's an A. So
1: speaking yeah. of which, that that's one thing. The the book I, I meant to mention that earlier, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. The book is extremely good. I read the book for right. the first time.
0: His first not, published novel, too. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not long ago. Great story about that is he started writing it and he, he wasn't liking what he was. This is for all you aspiring writers out there. Yeah. He was hating what he was writing. He wadded it up and threw it in the trash. Yeah. And it was only saved because his wife took it out of the trash, read it, put it back in front of him and said, you need to finish this. Yeah. And that was how that became his first published novel. I don't think it was the first thing he ever wrote, but, um, it was his first published novel. It's a fantastic book, mostly because of how he tells the story. Unlike a lot of his other books, he, uh, tells it through other perspectives and, and the whole news and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And he actually knows how to end this one. That's yeah. People criticize Stephen King for not knowing how to end a book, and they even make fun of it in the the new It movies, where it's like the ending sucked. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) so yeah, uh, books great too. So
0: great book, great movie. What are we looking at for next week, JT?
1: Uh, next week I'm gonna have to pull that up. Hang on just a second.
0: I'm pretty sure I know what it is. We're going into the paranormal realm again.
1: We're going to go back into Supernatural, same year, 1976. Yes. Uh, We're going to deal, not with a demon, you fucking pansies. Yeah. We're dealing with the goddamn son of Satan himself. That's right. Damien in The Omen. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Yes, that is going to be a great episode. I can't wait to get to it. Well, folks, you know, I think that's going to be it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, remember, you know, anytime you get called up on stage for an award or anything, always check above your head for a bucket of pig's blood. All right, everybody. Love each other. Bye.
1: Later.